Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will, and I got Micah with me in studio today. You guys have probably already seen the episode where uh, we had to talk about your mm-hmm. your glorious exodus of the church. <laughs> and then we got to, of course, talk to Julius, and now mm-hmm. we have you. Yeah, um, I'm and so excited. Yes, and I do want to point out a few things before we get started. Oh yeah. One, of course, you should totally like and subscribe to Bible Baptist Church of Charlevoix, mm. Michigan. Um, they need all the help they can get. Then the second one is uh, you should definitely go to Canaan Radio, and you should go to Rumble now, and you should go to Fundamentalist Thunder and go follow Nathan Rager and have some good laughs. Ooh, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's pretty great. So <laughs> then also, you're wearing the brand. Oh, yeah, the Church Split swag, where you can get it on <laughs> teespoon.com. <laughs> when Ooh. you walked in and you had that on, I was like, I'm of like, course. well, I got it. I got to represent the fam, you know? <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It was funny. I was like, that's great. And then also, you mm-hmm. did, you committed... A heresy today. I know. I'm sorry, bro. What you did was you brought, you know, you know how Brian feels about I, Apple. I do. You know how Brian feels about it. Yeah. And you sit in his co-pilot seat. Yeah. And you put an Apple computer right there. Mm-hmm. Do you have any special words to say to Brian since he has to edit this? It says Mr. Always Right. I'm just saying. So you're right. Yeah. And he's wrong. Yeah. You heard it. You heard Apple, it here. Doctor Bodie is wrong. I got the iPhone. I got the Apple Watch. I got the AirPod Pros. Man, I'm bought in. You just vomited a little bit, you know, while editing this. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Hey, <laughs> hey, your dog will clean it up. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. So uh, thank you, Micah, for being willing to come on. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention this in my last episode with Julius. Thank you, Bree. I won't say your last name because I'm sure you don't mm-hmm. want people follow, uh, hunting you down. But hunting thank you for the new down. chairs. She bought us Man. new chairs. They're really comfy. They're so comfy. Wow. It's so much easier than those metal chairs that me and Brian Dude, were using. I was sitting in there for like two hours while you were recording the episode of Julius. I'm like, bro, you guys better stop talking. Yeah. It, it's not comfortable. <laughs> no. Um, and we, we podcast but on a budget. So mm. thank you so much, Bree, yeah. for uh, one of our patrons for just mm-hmm. be, going out on a limb and buying these for us. Uh, my my, my back is forever thankful. Yes. So. Mine is too. Uh, yours, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, the amount of hours I spend down here, I ain't got time to sit in terrible chairs. So, oh, yeah. All right. Let's go to get rolling mm-hmm. here. I don't want to take too much because, again, I get talking, you get talking, and this will oh, keep yeah. going. This will be a four-hour episode. Hey, um, and if I, it's needed. I do not want to compete with Dr. Layton Flowers on long uh, podcasts. So oh, okay. What I, what I would like you to do, though, is why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. Um, where, where you're, your background, where you're yeah, from, sure. and all that good stuff, cool. and we'll kind of jump into some of the other things. Mm-hmm. One thing before we get started, Patreons, I see you, and I thank you, and also the church split, you know, for taking I and Julius under you guys' wing. They need a round of applause, so Brian, do some cool edits right here, man. I'll just get right into it. I was born in the Ivy. 21, I was like, I was, I was shouting, screaming, kicking in my mama's belly. Man, like, I was born in it for my whole. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to keep a straight face, but it's gonna be really hard to. You're just, you're so extra, but yeah. keep going. <laughs> but anyway, no, so I was born in the Ivy my whole entire life. I call it the realm that I grew up the green side of fundamentalism because every single preacher that we heard was mostly, they had the last name Green. Um, but well, I want to keep that closer to you. Okay. These are directional mics. They're I keep very on, picky. I keep on fidgeting. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> fidget and you move and you're and you're swinging and it's gonna be hard for the audience to hear you. <laughs> so yeah. back to the green side. Yeah, green side of fundamentalism. It was very interesting because like 
like some things with Preachon that made absolutely no sense. Like logical no sense. Like like for example, like individual soul liberty was like constantly preached on, but how they produced it was like this weird concept, you know. Um, but yeah, so I was saved in the IFB um, at the age of like fifteen to fourteen years old. Um, and as I was just, I was reading my, I was just, I, I hated church to be honest, just because of all the things that the church did to me when I was younger and just like everything, like it just compiled. So it's like all of this hurt. And I know some people might say that I'm bitter, but if you really know me and I know God knows my heart and that's the really only thing that matters, you know, but but going into it, like, so the church seemed to be, like, the super controlling environment where, like, you couldn't make any decision on your own, right? Right, you always had to get, like, pre-approved by the pastor or whatever. Yeah, so, like, if, like even if you would talk to a girl, they're like, oh, you're alone, you know? Oh, like, oh yeah, you talk to a girl, and instantly means you're going to try to have sex with her. Oh, yeah, you're getting married, I guess. Yeah. At 13, I guess I'm getting married. <laughs> no. But anyway, yeah. So, like, through all, like, the IFB, it just, like, it was weird because it was northern Michigan. Like, I'm, I'm originally from Charlevoix, Michigan. I attended Bible Baptist Church, previous church, that I'm no longer a part of because I had to leave because of the KJV-only issue. I was planning on leaving earlier. But it just, I never, it's like, I never could seem to get out. You know, it was like this bondage that was always like, I always had these chains on my neck. Well, like if I moved, then like I would, I would be like destroyed. Or like you get like, like the dog with a choke collar, you walk too far, they you yank get you shocked. back. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. And through all of those events, it was just like, it was constant 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 well like i would hate to go to church well and because the, the the line was so inconsistent right yeah so you didn't know what was right what was wrong half the yeah. time because one thing would trigger one point they're like oh we should fellowship and we need to show mm-hmm. love and acceptance yeah. next one they're saying don't talk to her she's a girl yeah so well, you, there's no consistent way to, to live out that's that. interesting that you say that because the line kept on always shifting i remember one time and like i was super heavily against ccm music um Contemporary I, Christian music. Yeah, but yeah. Not everyone um, knows IFB lingo. So oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was very big into David Cloud, uh, David Cloud's teaching when it came to like CCM. Um, I remember when Julius first came to our church, I'm like, bro, I'm like, you got to get out. You got to get out of this church because it was filled with C- it, it had CCM. Um, I remember like we sang a song. Um, it's called, uh, I forget what, Soon and Very Soon. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know it. Soon and very soon. Of course I know it. My king is coming. Yeah, that song. It's written by Hillsong. And it said it right on the paper. And I'm like, the hypocrisy. I was like, well, these people, like, and, like, our church was super heavy. Like, oh, we seen the old time religion hymns, you know. Like, we had Ron Hamilton, man. Like, that was the guy that we used. That was the hymn book that we used, you know? And that was the interesting thing about it was that the hypocrisy, like, it was always so real. Yeah, one moment, one thing, and the next moment they contradict it, and the next moment something else, and yeah. then the contradiction, yep. Yeah, so... All too familiar with that. Yeah, and it just, it added a level of destructive in my Christianity where I didn't really know who God was. Because everything that I heard about God was in the IB. Like, 
to be honest, I've only been to one other church besides the IAB. And that was just for one day for family. So, like, growing up, IAP, going to teen camp, going to um, youth conferences every single time, IAP preachers, IAP preachers, IAP preachers, Well, they would preach the things that I bought into, because why? I grew up there my whole entire life. Like, it was the only thing I knew besides Christianity. But then, like, for example, I started finding podcasts. Um, we covered Fundamentalist, The Church Split, um, Preacher Boys. Was it, wasn't For Freedom also a big one for you? For Freedom was really powerful, too. Sh- shout, shout out to you guys. I was going to say, just, I was gonna say, For Freedom, you mentioned that the list. I was like, oh, sweet. That's awesome. You listen For Freedom. So Yeah. So so that was one thing that you could see, you know, like, and then the sexual abuse. The sexual abuse that, um, if you guys don't know, I was sexually abused when I was 13 years old. Um, and... Instantly, as soon as the sexual abuse happened, it got reported to the, um, the church um, authority. So, like, um, all, three pas- uh, all three of our pastors that were there, the senior pastor and then the two sons, um, which kind of made it very different. Which is funny because uh, yeah, that instantly shows a problem when it's just the family running the church, right? Because yes, that's exactly. Good, that's a sketchy place. Exactly. So the sexual abuse happened, and I was like, okay, like my brain blotted it out. I'm like, not remembering that anymore. And like, it was never really addressed with me. Like, I'm like, I just got like, I mean, somebody touched my junk, you know, and nobody said anything to me. Yeah. So you like your, your parents, the pastor, no one even no, talked no, to you. Nobody. So there you were, you went through some sexual abuse and yeah. it's like, okay, it, man. I guess. Yeah. You can, you can, you know, there's things to process, things to think about. And it's not yeah. like it, you you don't even talk about it like it was this big traumatic moment for you that, it like, ruined your life. You're just like... It wasn't, it, really, to be honest, because I, my brain forgot about it. Yeah, like, yeah, you compartmentalized that crap. Yeah. But at the same time, it does, you know, it still does have a psychological effect. You and I have talked about yeah, that. for sure. Um, and there are things that, can, that, you know, that can trigger, and there's a lot of other issues, and no one's talking to you about it. Exactly. So you, somebody gets caught sexually abusing you in the act. Yep. Then it gets... Not addressed. Yep, exactly. And after that occurred, I was like, okay, so I forgot about it. Three years later, the same person, the same sexual offender came to the church. Mind you, I never heard a word about it. Never heard a word. And I was like, well, this is awkward. (laughs) 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 Because, like, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? You, You don't do anything. You shut down. And that's exactly what happened. So, like, I, as soon as I saw him, like, all those memories I forgot. Boom. Back in my head. And at that point, like, later on in my life, I was suicidal. Just because of all of the, all that hurt was in, all the hurt, all the control, all of the manipulation was in me. And there was no community. Like, every single person that was in my life would not talk to me, mm. like at all. Like any of the 40s, like they would barely talk to me about anything unless I engaged in conversation with them. And that was the hardest thing for me is because nothing was ever talked about when it comes to the, like in the reins of the IFB, like no conversation was really, like if you guys know me at all, I am a very social butterfly. Yeah, definitely. And all of the men, that was in my life were not. So like, I felt like I had to mold to that image because like that's if that 
all the male figures were all quiet. So I have to be exactly like them. Right, right. I have to be stoic. I have to be yeah. uncharismatic, non-energetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So my, if I had a similar experience as well where I was the mm-hmm. weird eccentric kid that was very bizarre and had yeah. a lot of uh, energy and dorky and awkward and mm-hmm. none of the other guys were that way. So I always felt like I was out of place. Mm-hmm. So because if I was like, hey, hey, then they'd be like, uh, they give you the look. You're like, never mind. That's apparently not I'm acceptable. Like, okay. So no matter what, if I acted out in my normal yeah. way, I didn't feel accepted. Mm-hmm. If I kept it all to myself, wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. This is a really weird thing. I don't know, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's an IFB issue or if that's just a general social issue. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. All I know is that it was weird. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was so weird because, like, so I'm like, the personality that God gave me, I felt that I had to be like this. And this leads into the individual soul liberty that we talk about a lot. Um, there was a quote that I wrote that got me that um, the reality is when the IFB forms you into what they want you to be, be, your personality is vanished and God's intentional design is destroyed. Mm -hmm. Very true. That was actually a big thing that bothered me as well. Cause I mean, I was Mm -hmm. told all the time, Will, you can't do that. Will, that's, that's bad. Will, it's like, these are just personality things of mine. And I just remember, I felt like my identity was, Ooh, my springs went crazy there. I just felt like my identity was being destroyed, who yeah. I am. Yeah. And and then it was like, okay, did God make a mistake? Am mm-hmm. I this sinful? And it just made me question literally everything all the time. Yeah. And that, was, that was my early teen years. Over time, I get, became a honey badger and stopped caring. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> as soon as like they formed you into the image that they wanted you to be, right, that, that means that they have all the control, right? So it doesn't matter anything that happens in your life that you're not going to talk about because you don't doubt what the man of God says. Right. Um, so at the age of 19 years old, and this is when I was done with the IEP, as soon as I, I went to talk to my pastor about the sexual abuse that happened to me in my life, um, and he told me my situation wasn't as bad as other people. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with all this crap that... Uh, because I, I heard horror stories about sexual abuse. I heard them. I didn't believe them. I had no mind, but it didn't, like, like, like I said before, like, it was always laid down. Like, it didn't matter. Um, so at that point in my life, I was, I, I was absolutely done with the IP. And I... I just wanted to cut in here for a second. That is such a dumb and terrible approach when somebody's struggling with something. It's like, well, somebody mm-hmm. has it worse than you. Yeah. Well, no, duh. There's starving kids in Ethiopia. I'm not saying that I got it worse than yeah. everybody. I'm saying this is something I'm going through right now yeah. and bear one another's burdens. Help me out here, man. Yeah. That, that's what's being said there. And uh, I sometimes I have used worse experiences to get somebody who is really not that big of a deal. Like um, somebody's like, mm-hmm. well, my parents, they make me do chores. And I'm like, okay. So they're asking you mm-hmm. to take take personal yeah. responsibility around the house. Big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Or my parents yelled at me. I'm like, okay. Sometimes a perspective check is useful, right? Yeah. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we, oh, okay, yeah. maybe I don't have it at, that bad. But there's also a point of like legitimizing someone's mm-hmm. position as well, going, okay, yeah, this is a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, so the sexual abuse you went through wasn't as horrendous as somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's somehow less either. So anyway, it's just. It's funny that you say that because they kind of shifted the na- narrative and said, oh, I hate everybody that said that about me. Oh, yeah, that was a recent thing. Yeah, that was recent. And I'm like, I don't 
give a whip what they said. I mean, at the time, I at the time it hurt, but like, who gives? A... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So like, at, at that point, it was like, okay, I am like, I knew I was broken, and I knew that the only way that get liberty was the healing of God's grace mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ and His blood that He shed for us on the cross of Calvary. Just making clear for some people. Um, and I, as soon as I realized that, and it was through, like, the Recovering Fundamentalists, the Preacher Boys podcast for exposing sexual abuse, that it gave me a desire to expose them as well. I mean, I mean, it's just... when I think a lot of times we misunderstand what a lot of people went through and a lot of the hurt that people went through and... Again, like, we devalue them. Well, and it goes to this whole thing where it's like when you devalue someone's hurt or when you mm-hmm. just, I mean, think about it. The thing, the situation that you and Julius recently went yeah. through could yep. have easily sent a lot of people spiraling out mm-hmm. of God, out of church, yep. out of all of it. Yep. Um, when we delegitimize someone's position or someone's mm-hmm. hurt to, uh, to every little degree and we just don't legitimize it at all, mm-hmm. or at least be willing to have a serious conversation with them, even yeah. if they're completely wrong. Like, yeah. let's just be real. They, some people can be completely wrong in their hurt. They're, oh, yeah. We all know snowflakes. Snowflakes exist. I'm sometimes really wrong too, guys. Mm-hmm. I just, I'll just be honest. I'm never wrong. I'm uh, Mr. Always. No, no, you can't be wrong today. You're Mr. Always right. You got that in front of you. You, oh, you, you, you can't be wrong today. You you get to be the narcissist of the show today. Oh, I get to be the narcissist. Yeah, because I get accused of being a narcissist sometimes. So. Oh. Um, well, uh, I, I guess I'm a narcissist. Is that okay? I no, but no, no, no. But I'll 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 out narcissist you later and break you. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> um, we'll but, see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, is, but when you do that, it can push people away. Yeah, it's, and and it did, it yeah. did for me. Um, so I, I mean, I was done with God, you know, because God is a, like, I thought God was a jerk because right. of how he was betrayed. Right. And that, that was the saddest thing for me is that my, like, you wouldn't think your view of God would change, but, uh, you wouldn't think that your view of God would be awful, but it was. Mm-hmm. And that, that, because like, also like sometimes like, um, like, Calvinism philosophy comes into play where, um, mm-hmm. where it's those situations in your life are predestined. Right. And like, and if a God is like that, I mean, I don't even want to be his friend, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but the true love of God is what constrains us to right. even have a more desire for him. Right. And that was the one thing that clicked in my head the true gospel of Jesus Christ. When I finally realized that, my life changed completely. And that was about a year or two ago. Well, all the life issues that happened in my life were supposed to, my, my scars brought me to his scars, so his scars could heal me. Mm. Um, the ultimate healer in my life uh, was Jesus Christ. My scars led me to his scars, which healed me. That needs to be a quote. That might be a t-shirt. Anyway, continue. Anyway, that's beautiful. Yeah, like I'm not trying to be cheesy. I'm legitimately that's that's really nice. Yeah, I I, I think so because like some things to, like I never understood in the IFE culture. Um, just but you try to go along with it because you're like, ah. well, yeah, because like <laughs> conformity is the best in those situations, right? Well, it's if, the safest 
it's the safest, yes, and also if you question any aspect of life, then you're a castaway. Right. I mean, I just remember one time I asked, that, mm-hmm. I asked somebody, was it possible to use the Texas Receptus to translate in a modern tongue without the these and thys and yeah. the thoths and the believeths? Mm-hmm. And I, you would think I just, well, I, the I asked the question, mm-hmm. and you would think I just said that Jesus died on a hippopotamus and was just mm-hmm. a dude without any divinity. You would think I just like committed yeah. some strange, crazy heresy. heresy. Yeah. yeah, no, but no. I mean, I mean, even the new King James uses a Texas Receptus, right? But they don't want to, they don't want to admit that. But <laughs> the thing is, like, that we say all these things, like the IV culture was very corrupt in its way. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing all the stories of sexual abuse. Right now, I'm, I'm reading a book. um talks a lot about sexual abuse. And sometimes it's hard to read it because it's just, like, all the hurt that pastors went, like, that these people went through. Mm-hmm. It's like, how in the world are you not being an advocate for victims? Right. And, I mean, I only know of one IAP preacher. And there's probably more probably, that are actually advocates for victims. Right. And that's the saddest part. Like, aren't we supposed to, like, doesn't the Bible say if you hung a noose around you, uh, it's worse that you, if you sin, if you offend one of these little ones, it's worse, you should hunt a noose around your neck and drown in the deepest oceans. Yeah, well, I mean, also, it says to stand up for the oppressed, right? Yeah. And the, so that is, it is our duty. It is it is yeah. our moral duty, yes. And the thing, that, like, like we said before, community was never there. Church mm-hmm. community was never there. It was always that it was always the performance based where like I mean I did everything at that church. I did everything. I did the sound ministry and sometimes like I would do video ministry at the same time. And it's just like all the things that I ha- I did because I thought that was the only way to gain acceptance from God. And <clears throat> the acceptance from God wasn't those things. It was himself, right? And it's amazing when you fully understand what God's done for you, mm-hmm. then you go, yeah, yeah. I want to serve you. Yep. I love you because you first loved me. When that first kind of clicks, yep. it's a really powerful moment. Yeah. So. It, and that's, a, that's an interesting thing that you said that because since I grew up in the church my whole entire life, I didn't really know the power of sin until I had a grip on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was the thing that, like, I really saw sin for what it was. Because in the IV, like, like, you're so sheltered, where a lot of times it feels like you're not even doing anything wrong. You, right. You, you don't see sin. Well, they talk about sin like Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Like, it's the worst thing ever, but, like, there's so many darker sins. Yeah. And when you finally experience that, like when we mm-hmm. had Julius on yeah. our, in our last episode, yeah. some of the things that he saw at a young age, yeah. right? Th- some things I saw at a young age. Yeah. Like, when you actually understand what sin really is, mm-hmm. not just some dorky fictional movie with some people in silly costumes, right? Yeah. So. And that's the thing. When you actually experience sin, you experience the brokenness of it, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said before, like that's what brings healing. And, like, a lot of times, like, in the IFB that I noticed this, is that the prosperity, they always hardcore preaching against Joel Osteen in the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing that I noticed is that they're preaching a prosperity gospel, gospel themselves. 
when it comes to eternity, like, oh, if you do all these things, you can get a crown of righteousness. I'm like, I, I understand that's a biblical thing, but like all of, like the performance, that's what ran the IFE was like, oh, you can have this crown and you can have this crown and you can have this crown. Not because you love God, but just because you want a stinking crown. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it for the wrong motives. Yeah, it's always about like you're getting your bank account saved up in heaven, so you go spend it crazy up in your mansion. Yeah. it's like it's like the joke, you know, like a guy bought gold into heaven, and then um, Jesus is like, "Why do you got gravel in your pockets, man?" It's like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So, you know, you so you went through, so you're raised in it, yep. right? And we're you know we've talked about some stuff here, you know, the sexual abuse cover-ups, and I think I I, I don't know why that's so rampant in the IFB. I think mm-hmm. I have my own theories as to why sexual I sin have lots of theories. Uh, uh, explodes in the IFB behind mm-hmm. closed doors. That's an episode that I plan to do for another time, where I actually think I've got it pretty well figured out. Yeah, but so you went through that. People don't take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I, it, what's funny is when you when you talk about your experience with mm-hmm. that, you never once go, you know what? I hate that guy. He sucks. I want him in prison for the rest of his nope. life, and he needs to be lined up against the wall and shot. You never talk like that. You're just going, why wasn't it at all even addressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was your thing. Because clearly, somebody does that to you, that means that they're messed up, too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah. shouldn't something have been messed up? It's gone. Mm-hmm. Is it count- something should have happened. Mm-hmm. At least something. The fact yeah. that nothing happens is telling. Yeah. And then, sure. and then the suffocation, right? Yep. The fact that you can't enjoy – if you enjoy something, it's almost always considered something of the flesh, right? Yep. Like everything. And one of my favorite things is it's no secret that the church split. We, we have, we'll have beers on, on, on here. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the number one thing is I get is why would you do that if there's no benefit for you? I'm like, yeah. well, why do you watch the football game, man? Mm-hmm. But what's funny is like, for example, sports in the IFB, yeah. completely okay. Yep. Almost considered masculine. Yes, but then uh, or even... but they drink beer themselves. Like that's the main advertising. Like, <laughs> but Budweiser uh, and Bud Light love the NFL. <laughs> yeah, like I mean that's the that's what they. But but what's funny about that is like that that that's okay. And they go to football games. They will go to all that stuff. They will go to baseball games. They will go to all those games. But there's one reality is that like those people are your idols. You but, know? Well, also, it's this whole idea of like, well, you enjoyed that. And that's, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. What is a sport? Usually chasing a rubber ball around mm-hmm. for a couple hours and, and who gets the highest score? Yeah. As a waste, of t- it, it would be considered a waste of time in many ways. But at yeah. the same time, it's something fun and it's something mm-hmm. to a fellowship and it's something exciting and it's something that we can engage yeah. in. But meanwhile, they'd say the same thing about video games. Yep. Right? Oh, video games are, are worldly and they're a waste of time. And I'm like, yep. So is chasing a football. But, we all do it for fellowship and enjoyment and whatever. So it, the suffocation. Yeah, that's one thing we, we relate to a lot. I was an avid gamer. I love gaming, man. But I always heard it preached against, and I never understood why. I'm like, okay. I mean, like, I don't care what you say. I have to have, like, that was my, that was my community, to be honest. The Wait, gamer community. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a gamer, too, so keep going. You're fine. Yeah, but... That was, a, that was my community. When the church should have been, the place that God ordained, the place that God inspired, the place that God gave his life for. Yeah. Well, that's where it should be. And that's what I, I, it was funny because when you came over this weekend, uh-huh. uh, you moved in, and uh, it was really funny because 
Brian and Andrew and all of them showed up and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then that Sunday afternoon, Paul and Mel from church show up yep. with, with everyone else. And you're like, I've never seen this much community in my yeah. life. Nope. And I'm like, this is just what we do on the weekends. We all get together and hang out. We yeah. play games. We hang out. We have a barbecue mm-hmm. yeah. and just fellowship with God's good people. Yeah. And we all, and you'll notice half the time we talk about the Lord. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, Paul, we went from talking about the Lord, talking about men's ministry, to talking about D&D, to back to men's ministry. <laughs> it was just... And, th- th- and you can do that. The church should not just mm-hmm. be a place you go to. And I, I can't stand this mentality. Mm-hmm. It's not a place you go just to hear a message. Yep. It's not a place you just go to hear some songs. Yep. It's a place you go for to for fellowship. When you read the book of Acts, mm-hmm. it is the very beginning. Just notice how much they broke bread with each other, fellowship mm-hmm. with yeah. each other. It was the community being the body of Christ. Well, the last thing that he orchestrated, what is the last supper? a place of fellowship to bring unity unto the body of Christ. Yeah, d- yeah the Last Supper, which was taking place um, during Passover, right? Yep. Like it was, in Passover, that, all the Jewish feasts were highly community-based. Yep. So it's just, it's sad, but, um, you know, it, but people like in the gaming community, yep. you know, most of them are just a bunch of nerds who like yep. to talk about their, the things they enjoy, and, they, and they're usually pretty good people. I've, always, I've actually yeah. uh, been able to witness through that. Um, yeah. uh, to this day, I forget his name. His, I just know his gamer tag was Rice Ball. We were in the same clan. Oh, yeah. And me and Rice Ball, we tore it up. But we talked about God. Like, he found out I was a minister, and then yeah. uh, we'd, he, would, he was, uh, 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 like, 17, I think, at the time. Oh, wow. And it started just kind of opening up on what he yeah. thinks, and I just was able to kind of disciple him via xbox i was like who would, with the 21st century man here i am like shooting aliens and giving the gospel and like uh, discipleship man, jesus and... loves you yeah exactly and that's the thing is like gaming was always preached against like every single day well it kind of goes back into the old time religion thing yeah if it doesn't line up with 1940s or 1950s yep. culture it must be bad all new is bad yep and it doesn't matter well, that same with like newer preachers newer music like all of it is wicked and if you, you you avoid it, you know, and like the thing that gets like like I heard this verse quoted so many times, do everything decently in order. I'm like, do everything decently in order. Like, have you studied the context of that verse? <laughs> have you studied it? Well, the IFB, we know this. They're known as another thing. That I, one of the yep. biggest issues I had in IFB, I'm sure yeah. you too, yeah. was I call it bumper sticker theology. Yeah. It's when you take a verse that could fit on a bumper sticker, mm-hmm. you, you wrap an entire theology around that one singular statement, mm-hmm. and you know the context be damned. Like We're yeah. not going to talk about the context to yeah. it. It's just, oh, you know, we're going to take half a verse from the book of Psalms, and we're going to preach about yeah. that phrase, and I'm going to twist it in any way I can yeah. to make it work. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, it, it grinds my gears sometimes because, like, like being taken out of the bonds of legalism and having conversations with people, it's like, do you hear what you're saying? Well, a lot of, uh, well, this kind of goes into it because you mm-hmm. and I have talked about this. Yeah. The IFP is very culty. Yes, very. For example, y'all leave. You have post, uh, Julius yeah. posts why he leaves. I think you've been kind of kept your mouth shut more because yep. that's just your nature. Well, I was um, saving it for this. The drops and mic drops. Okay, okay. You're saving. You're saving yeah. it to be like I've saved it on my own terms. But it's yeah. very culty behavior. For example, you say why you left, and now your guy, your guys' phones haven't stopped. No, since you left, it's just been people harassing, angry. Yeah, everyone wants to get it the last word in, or you know, and yep. they all want to tell you what's what and why you're wrong, mm-hmm. and why you're evil, and you're going, you know, whatever, and you're yeah. heretical. 
Um, Going away from the wrong path, and I'm smarter than everybody. Yeah. I'm like, I've never claimed that in my life. Well, yeah. Well, that's what you get accused of when you're like, well, no, this is not true. Like, oh, yeah, you just think you're smarter than us. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. but I do have more information than you. But the reason why what you're saying, when the people don't want to, they don't want to listen. Yeah. They don't want to talk to you because, and we're like, do you even hear yourself? And it's because, honestly, to goodness, that's why I usually feel bad for some of these mm-hmm. people. So yeah. I felt bad for even your friend that was yeah. talking to me earlier. Oh, yeah. And, was, uh, and I was like, I don't really know how to talk to you without being too either – I'm either going to be super belligerent and that's not going to help either one of us. But the situation is, is like the reason why is because when you've been brainwashed yep. and you've been told all these things are bad, you make logical fallacies the entire time. You make yeah. category errors. You, and most of these people, I say this before, I've said this a hundred times, we need to bring back philosophy classes and just yeah. to teach the basic laws of logic would yeah. do people a huge benefits. Well, that, that, that's funny because like one thing that like I always been KJV prefer, that was always my uh, opinion. That was always my um, mindset when it came to the KJV argument. The thing that sold me on being KJV preferred is that there was a Sunday for a Sunday school class that a video was shown by um, BB, BBC um, talking about the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. About it was I think it was like the 400-year anniversary of it, and they were talking about how it was created. And as soon as they talked about like Protestants being involved and Catholics being involved, I'm like, I ain't reading no book from a Catholic. I, as soon as I, I like, I fought that, and I'm like, Oh, little did you know that the Erasmus, the guy who put together the Texas yeah. Receptus, was literally Catholic. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, this is a bunch of crap. Yeah. You know, he defended Erasmus even defended transubstantiation. Yeah. And it's funny because that's one of those like things that the IFP talks about as being super heretical. And I'm um, like, dude, the guy who made your Texas Receptus yeah. or your King James came from believed that. Yeah. And like my find the like, writings. And I came up with like this argument and my pastor didn't like it when we had our meeting. Uh, because I, I basically said like, well, Catholics help translate the King James Bible, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, how can they help? Ha- how can they be, how can God use somebody that is, I, I believe God's all powerful, but when it comes to a spiritual matter and having to know God and ha- being able to, having to have a relationship with God, I believe to translate scriptures, like how can you say that they translated it 100% without God's mm. power because they didn't have the spirit living inside them? Doesn't the Bible say that People that you have to be, people, the spiritual, understand the spiritual, and the carnal don't, can't understand the spiritual? Doesn't the Bible say that? <laughs> and I, I, I heard that, and I, I always popped in my mind, popped in my mind, popped in my mind, popped, popped in my mind. And I'm like, you can't say that when that is your foundation. Your foundation is based on a man's work. Well, oh man, how do I say this? I think <laughs> you can't say yeah. Well, you can't say that it's uh yeah that it's you know of God that although the, the words it's of, the only one it's the only one when it's literally still based on the handiwork of men. Yeah, we're not even talking about the moving of the Holy Spirit, right? We're yeah. not talking about like a prophet who yeah. was given prophetic visions like Isaiah and and, and being all mm-hmm. doom and gloom. We're talking about literally people who got together and was like ah. Oh, 
we need to give this out of Latin and into the common tongue. Mm-hmm. And a group of people got together and said, well, let's try it. And then they were like, this work is far from over. It is not a perfect work. Exactly. So, I mean, they admitted it for themselves. You can read yeah. it as a free document. It's just called, like, To the Readers. They say that the meanest, we've learned to the worst, translation of God's word is the word of God. And that just boop, that as soon as I read that quote, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, that was like, so the, the very word, fact that they're saying even if it's a very, very, very poorly if done. If it's an awful translation, which we know there's some awful translations. Oh, yeah, some bad ones. Looking at you, Message Bible. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, it's so, like, when I first read Gen- Genesis 1-1 in the, in the message, yeah. a little side note here, it was like, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was an ooey-gooey darkness. Uh, and I was Ooh, like, wait, wait, what? wait, it was Plato? Like, I don't understand, ooey-gooey. I guess, like, is it under- uh, man, I didn't know funny. the earth was something that was, like, stuck to the bottom of my shoe. Like, <laughs> that, that, that was one thing I always did. I'm like, I got to make sure this is a King James Bible. So I would go to Genesis 1-1. And I'm like, oh, the Bible says, and God created the heaven and the earth. The other Bible say heavens, you know, so you avoid those. That was, but, it's so silly. Like, oh, yeah, the plural is like, no, it's not talking about. It's the heavens as in the sky, like yeah. not heaven the place. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's uh, it's this whole – so, yeah, you went through a lot there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you actually kind of approached each one systematically and pretty pretty effectively. You mm-hmm. even um, – I thought your idea of the prosperity gospel was great, but it was said it was like the heavenly prosperity gospel. It says, mm-hmm. oh, you do this because you're going to get more awards. Oh, you do this because you're going to get more awards. Yeah. You're going to get more awards if you do this. And – I, I said this recently, too, because uh, Nathan Rager recently mm-hmm. made the comment of, uh, I'd rather see a baby aborted than to burn in hell. Yeah, I saw that. And when you say it kind of like that, it's like they both have the same terrible theology yeah. of like, okay, the best thing I can do mm-hmm. is get treasures in heaven, or the best thing I can do is save someone from hell. No, the best thing, what, what did he say were the top commandments? Mm-hmm. To love God and love one another. Yep. Now, love. if you properly love God and you properly love one another... You will receive a crown of righteousness, and people will get saved from hell. And you keep his commandments. You can be, can, you yeah. Know, but you, the, what's the motivation here? And yeah. what? And people go, well, no, no, we do say is the love of God, but your words and actions say otherwise. Yeah. When you're emphasizing so much one over the other continually, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to take you seriously when you say that. Yeah, it's like, like, isn't life supposed to be like God has clearly taught in His Word that it's your life is supposed to be a balance, right? Right. And, like, a lot of times when you're so involved in ministry where you're cracking your back, you're breaking your back just to, just to be in ministry, like, that's not a balanced life. Right. Like, you... you, you it's not life abundant. It's not life abundant. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's funny because as a pastor, mm-hmm. when I took over uh, the Baptist church as a lead pastor, the church was split somewhere between yeah. crazy legalists and normal people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I got told all the time because they were like, well, we need you to preach and teach all these different things. We also need you to mow the lawn. We also need you to keep up the flower garden. Also, pastor, could you also do all these other things for mm-hmm. the secretary? Also, would you be able to help clean the church? And uh, we're installing this whole new water system. Can you also help us install? I'm like, with what time? And I started realizing, like, and I finally put it, like, I put, I started saying no. And then I started getting accused of being a lazy pastor. And I'm like, well, no, I shouldn't have to constantly try to work and serve and bust my back to just make you guys accept me. Yeah. My goal, that's not my job here. 
My job is to teach. Yeah, or, you know, to teach the gospel, counsel. Yep. And for you, it's like, you know, as a, someone in the church who is gifted in technology, mm-hmm. um, and, and like, to be real, like, that's something you've studied, that's something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. something you yep. know well. But that's you shouldn't do that for acceptance. Well, you should that, do it because you desire to yeah, help. That, yeah, agreed. And that's what it was. It was like I had to do these things. And if I wasn't in my spa, I would get ridiculed from the pulpit. Yep. I'm like, oh, oh you're not like somebody. He forgot to be in a sound system. I'm like, dude, like, mm, it, I always, it always dry, gr- grind your gears. Grind my gears. Yeah, because like, it's performance when it's supposed to be the relationship aspect with God. And then through your relationship, the performance will follow. Exactly. Uh, and and it's like, it's this weird backwards thing. Like, cause I remember when people got saved, you know, if someone got saved in the IFB, mm-hmm. instantly they start expecting like suits, neckties, yep. proper dress. And they, they suddenly, oh, you know, if, oh, they, if they're I guess dudes, we're going to get in that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Like, yeah. once you're saved, you better start performing exactly the way an IFB man would. And well, instead of understanding that the yeah. relationship flows forth works, they instantly go to the worst in the appearance. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I like, I mean, I wore a suit and tie every single Sunday because I thought I had to. And but then as soon as I started working and we had church on Thursday, I'm like, I ain't wearing no suit. I remember I, I've been I've gotten into some crazy um, conversations like we brought a fellow called uh, from uh, the previous interview that you guys had with Julius. I mean, we've we've had debates about this stuff, and like well, that was when we were hardcore in the IFB, but like. God just, he just snapped his fingers. And like, I mean, I had never thought in my life that I would be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a pretty great place. We have good burgers. Yeah, they actually do, man. <laughs> we have really good burgers. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was loving it, man, like McDonald's. Anyway. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, a, like, so with all the, I fought that man, God's will for me was to go to Tennessee. I'm like, that was my set idea. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go to Tennessee to get out of a bunch of all of this crap and go to a church that actually is okay, actually supports victims. Because that was one of my biggest things is like, I want to go to a church that is an advocate for the oppressed. Right. An advocate for the people, the hearted, the advocate for the people in prison, you know, for everybody. Because that's what the church is supposed to be. A place of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Where we grow not by what we heal, but we grow with our relationship in Christ. And that was the thing that I had to realize is that I had to grow my relationship with Christ before I could get anywhere in my life. Like I was, like like I said, it was all performance. I never took the time to grow my relationship with Christ. It was just like, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. And that's and that's exactly what what will end up what ends up hurting you. Yeah. You know, it is that. It's the constant performing, perform, 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 perform. Yep. You don't have time to work on your relationship with Christ. Didn't you know your relationship with Christ is how you perform? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it, it and it and it makes you just not I, I told you my testimony last night when yep. we were just hanging out late at yep. night. And it was pretty late. Yeah. What, what, one o'clock or so? It was a little bit later than that, but yeah. okay. And we were talking, and it was, mm-hmm. and that was why I told you. Like, finally, I read through the book of John for the first time without this idea of perform, 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 perform. Yeah. And appearance, 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 because I heard appearance all the time. Yeah. Appearance of evil, uh, appearance, appearance. How's that going to appear? How's that going to appear? You need to work yeah. on your appearance. And uh, reading that for the first time was awakening because I realized, mm-hmm. no, God loves me. Yeah. And he desires. A relationship with me, the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. 
wants to know will. Yeah. Wow. And it's not like, it's not just like this, just knowing. Like God's, some, like God's, Jesus Christ's language and the symbolic power that we are the bride of Christ. It's not just like he just wants to know us, but he wants us to know us intimately. Yes, intimately, as passionately, as powerfully. Exactly. And that was the thing where I was like, well, God wants me because of me, not because of what other people want me to be and conform me to what they want me, but he constrains me through his love, you know? Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out, and I was reading this today because I'm also – so. I have a lot of interviews coming up because a mm-hmm. lot of things have happened in the personal life recently. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, my sister came up, so I did that episode with her. Mm-hmm. And then this whole situation with you guys happened, yeah. so we did all these episodes. So this isn't normally my normal flow. I'm working on a music episode, but I was also working on I'm working on a modesty episode. Oh, fun. Yes. And uh, today uh, uh, it kind of uh, stuck out again. I just wanted to read this here because remember we were talking about the suits and the girls yeah. have to wear the dresses yeah. and the idea of the Sunday best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and remember, we were told if you're coming to the house of God, you need to look your best. Yep. You, should, don't you know? Don't you want to look your best for the Lord? And then I was like reading yeah. these modesty passages, and it's he literally says, First Timothy two nine. Likewise, also the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty yep. and self control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls and costly attire, but with what is proper for women to, who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit women to teach or exercise authority over a man, rather than she should mm-hmm. remain quiet for the Adam was first and all that. So we get into yeah. some complementarianism and some things to explain in context. But one of the things that sticks out to me is one, that, and if you read this and couple it with what First Peter says, mm-hmm. he's literally saying that because what was braided hair it was a symbol of status. Yeah. What was gold and pearls? Status. Looking nice. Money. Yeah. Showing I look mm-hmm. how good I look. Yeah. And. Right. It's literally was the concept of wearing the Sunday best. Exactly. So it's and like, if that's literally like, if, well, if you're here, to, you need to look nice. You need to look nice. You mm-hmm. need to look nice. That is exactly against what Paul was saying. Because yeah. the idea isn't to look as best as you are, mm-hmm. as best as you can. The best is to just come. The point is to go worship. Yeah. And that, that's an interesting that you brought that up. Because best is always a perspective. Oh, for sure. And, like, to me, like, this is my best, man. I got a church split T-shirt on, man. <laughs> like, that's the best that you can get, right? But Of also, course, of course. Yeah, of course. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not biased at, at all. <laughs> yeah. Nah. But also, like, uh, also another perspective could be that, um, like, the, like, Yeezys, you know, yeah. or whatnot. And also, it's a cultural thing, too, right? So, like, that was always my thing is that, like, Best is a perspective. Yeah, it's very subjective person to person, yeah. right? But also, on top of that, like, doesn't the Bible say to come as you are? Well, I mean, the Bible doesn't say that specifically, but yes, yeah. the concept is there. Yeah, the concept is there. Exactly. But what happens is we come as our to, we come as ourselves to the house of God. But what happens when we leave? Right. Yeah, and that's that's the idea. It's like if I come as I am, I should leave as I never was before. Yeah, but that that that's a practice every Sunday. Mm-hmm. When we think about it, and that for me is like one thing I had to focus on is that 
how am I going to be able to change my life every single Sunday with my Lord? Well, you know, uh, Pastor John at uh, Frontline, yeah. where, where we attend, yep. and uh, Pastor John, uh, he put it perfectly. What, mm-hmm. what is the point of preaching? Because as mm-hmm. him and I, will, we collaborate when we do messages together. Yep. And, uh, I'll, you know, when he first asked me that, I just kind of raised an eyebrow. I'm like, I don't know, there's a lot of... Of course, I'm too detail-brained. So I'm yeah. like, well, there's a lot of reasons for preaching. Um, <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, change lives. Two yep. words, change lives. Yep. That's why we preach, to change lives. Every and, day. Yep. And I was like, oh. Wow, that's a great point. So the whole point is as soon as they walk in for those double doors, when they mm-hmm. leave, they should be changing. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a challenge. So then it makes you start dissecting a little bit of what fat yeah. to remove from your message because you go, well, I'm trying to change, you know, we're here to change lives. That's the point. Yeah. So I think that's, a, that's powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, then you, uh, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, naturally, because you you talked about this and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and, and what people don't realize is that you and Julius are really good friends, mm-hmm. but also you guys couldn't be personality difference yeah. uh, at all. Like, oh yeah, it, it, it's so obvious. Like, I mean, Julius was on here just kind of like, I don't give a crap what they say about me, whatever. And you're over here like you're a lot more empathetic, and I think people yeah. can tell your heart here. <laughs> and uh, with with Julius, he's over there like I'm just gonna drop bars and walk away and not care. And neither one of them is wrong. It's just yeah. the fact that they both are just different personality differences. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you are going to get accused of, one of the things you have been accused of, yep. is being angry and bitter. Oh, yeah. But it's the thing is, is, I don't, I'll be honest, the entire time you've been at my house, same with Julius, I'll speak for him as well. Okay. Um, but, you know, I've not seen an angry, bitter person. I see somebody yeah. who's passionate about the love of God and passionate about the word of God, passionate mm-hmm. about truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely say there's some pro- hurt, I think, in processing. Yeah. Like, especially when you've been betrayed. Some people have, like, yeah. some people have said some nasty things. Oh, yeah. And it makes and that that's that's tough because you have to. You but that's just hurt, right? That's not bitterness, right? It's bitter, yeah. And also, again, I say this all the time. There's a difference between being righteously angry, though. Yeah. Because when somebody accuses you of something that you're not, yeah, you can be rightfully angry. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I get called. <laughs> I mean, I was called a heretic today, and I was also mm-hmm. told to. And this is because I'm associated with you. Like, I've never spoken to this individual in my yeah. life. And it was just cracking me up. I was literally at the table laughing because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. Told me, you know, that I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm i a heretic and I need to pull what, uh, my hair out of my butt and stop yeah. and start acting like a man. I'm like, I, just because I want to have a conversation with somebody who just clearly wants to, yeah. has an axe to grind, and, oh, I'm yeah. not, and I refuse to grind your axe. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to sharpen your axe. Yeah. And here's the thing is I, mm-hmm. and you know this, anyone here, if you mm-hmm. watch the church split, you know. Oh yeah, um, I love to debate. Mm-hmm. Like I love debating. I love to discuss logical fallacies. Oh, yeah. I love proper thinking. And even if you disagree with me, but if your position is locked tight logically, yeah. I respect you because yep. even though we disagree, yours is consistent logically, without fallacies, without false equivalencies, yeah. and it's consistent all the way through. Yeah. Um, and then there's a uh, but. If you're constantly filled with fallacies everywhere, ad hominem attacks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ad, oh, those are my ad hominems are my favorite. Dude, they're so fun. Yeah, they're because it's like, oh, so you really don't have an argument. You just well, it just shows the me. ignorance of who your character is as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you have no argument, you just so you just I'm going to say inflammatory language to try to get under that person's yeah. skin, and it doesn't work on me. I'm just kind of like, huh, yeah. you just started the discussion, you lost. Like, oof. But you're being, but you're, you know, you're getting attacked a lot. So I'm, I'm going to actually, I didn't ask you guys to do this for Julius, mm-hmm. and it's not because I don't love Julius. No, he just loves me more. Oh, no. I feel like the dad, no, I don't have favorites. I love you both equally. (laughs) Just differently. Well, I'm just going to ask, you know, for those of you uh, who listen, to pray 
not just for Micah and Julius, but mm-hmm. pray for people in your situation yeah. that they don't fall away from the faith. Yeah. Because it's hard. It oh, is, yeah. It is difficult when, when mm-hmm. everything's chaotic. It's hard to find a decent foundation. It, it is because, like, everything that you were told, in fact, it seems like it's all, like, a lie. Like, is God even real? Like, I mean, growing up in a Christian home your whole entire life, like, you know very well as much as I do. Doubt and salvation every single step of the way. I mean, yeah, how many... And people who say that they don't doubt their salvation, okay, how many times have you said your sinner's prayer? A lot. I'll be honest. A yeah. lot. Hoping just to, to God that you, maybe this time it sticks. Yeah. Yeah, whereas really... And that's because you're... And again, because why? what are they preaching? Yep. Avoiding from hell. Yep. Avoid hell. Avoid hell. That at all costs. That is the one thing that you have to do is avoid from hell. And it's, but So they don't teach about... What really Jesus Christ's blood saves you from? Mm-hmm. And what is that? Your sin. Exactly. It, it saves you from your the sin. The most powerful thing. Like, I mean, sin and the blood, like, how much power the blood has over the sin. Where you, get, The Bible says, go and sin no more. When he was talking to the woman at the well. That was caught in um, the woman at the well. Right. That had multiple affairs. Man, Dude, it gets me. It gets me heated. I'm like, so Jesus is talking as a doctorous woman, right? And people would say that is a presence. Avoid the presence of evil. And I'm like, bro, we got we got to see we got to witness to people and show God's amazing power. Yeah, Jesus literally says, it like, distinctly says he hung out with the tax collectors and prostitutes. Yeah. Like trying to give them. But that's avoiding the presence of evil. And that's that's the thing is that I, in my opinion, the IFB, Jesus Christ doesn't seem like he's really the Messiah. Right. In a lot of realms because, and I'm not trying to broad brush it off. I'm not. But, I mean, you We're guys, speaking generally here. We can't caveat everything. Yeah. you. But it seems like, it seems like they would disagree with Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, how can you disagree with Jesus? Well, and that's what, well, that's what makes it funny. Uh, yeah. that, that, that was another thing that stuck up to me. Like, well, avoid the appearance of evil, because if you're talking yeah. to a girl yeah. alone, what are people going to think? And then I'm like, didn't Jesus talk alone to a girl at the well? That was an adulterous woman, in fact. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I wonder what that looked like, because she yeah. literally went there to a different time of day to avoid the scorn from other women. Yeah. And it's like Jesus sits down and has a conversation. I'm sure that looks shady, but yeah. again, we're not here to please men. And the appearance of evil is referring mm-hmm. to when evil appears. It's not referring yeah. to like uh, subjective perspectives of men. Exactly. So anyway, um, Micah, real quick, I, I, yeah. it, before we wrap up, is there anything you really quickly you wanted to add, or is that did you do you think you got most of it off the ch- your chest? I think I think I, I think I got almost everything off. Okay. I, do you have any questions for me? I don't have any other questions for you. Okay. Just the fact that I mean, you said it yourself, your your life was boring. You were raised IFB. Everything was wrong, and now you're realizing not everything was wrong. And yeah. you're out of the IFB. Uh, I just I just want a nice, strong, brave heart. Freedom. Yeah, man. Freedom. <laughs> uh, for, 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 for freedom. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> um, so wait, have you ever seen Braveheart? No. Oh my word. What's Braveheart? Uh, you're going to find out. So uh, Tonight? <laughs> maybe not tonight. That's a okay. long movie, but it's great. Well, I went through all the Hobbit movies in a day, so. Yeah, that was I, 
I think I got it. That was kind of impressive. So what happens when you're unemployed? You're starting Monday, though. Yeah. What man? Like, got a job instantly, man. Like, God's will is. Yeah. Well, God, God worked the whole thing out. So uh, it was clearly the Lord's will. Yeah. I am thankful that God brought you here. I am thankful to have my a newfound friends yeah. and slash roomies. It's crazy. Um, we're, we're too much alike. I'm just saying. It is creepy. There's a lot of weird similarities between you, me, and Julius. Oh, yeah. Julius, get in here. Right here. Get in here. Bro, we got to have a, um, what's it called? A group, a group picture, a group hug? No. Gay. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, we're For just going to... man. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> and Julius is going to stay firmly seated right there. He, he's very comfy. He was just like, nah, fam, I'm good. Well, I'm, he doesn't, I'm, I'm wanna, he doesn't right want to be seen, man. Uh, he was That's just okay. on. <laughs> he doesn't mind being seen. Anyway, okay, guys. <laughs> If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the church. But guys, be a uh, prayer for people like Micah yeah. and Julius. Um, and be willing to be the church a little bit. Be willing mm-hmm. to put yourself yeah. out there a little bit. And put yourself on, out on a limb. What's the worst mm-hmm. thing that can happen? You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, the best case scenario, though, is you could help somebody in need and also wow. create new friends. Wow. Wow. That's a mm. marvel idea. So, yeah. all right, guys. Amen. Talk to you soon. And I'll see you next time on the next episode of The Church Split.